0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donna. And I am Coco Gem Holiday for How you, now. <laughs> How you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I'm doing
1: interesting, actually. So I have had... Um, it's funny. I always like have these epiphanies the second that we start this, of stuff we don't even talk about. But recently, I've been struggling with the idea of gender. And I did talk about it last week, but I actually talked about it more online recently as Mm -hmm. coming out as um still by gender but i um, was struggling with euphoria euphoria in really good and positive ways but then i've also just been like struggling with my boy mode a lot more recently too and i i just believe that it's really For me, I guess, internally, like, I've been struggling with the idea of gender. Like, I actually have posed the question to myself over the last three days if I'm trans or not. Like, Mm -hmm. in the true, not true transitioning, but true sense of, like, transitioning to female and things like that. And I've been debating that. I don't think that is something that I want still. But it um, has definitely come up because I spent uh, four days in California Mm -hmm. pretty much anytime I was out in public, it was as a woman. Yeah. Um, I loved how people responded to me. I don't, and I was in new spaces and things like that. I felt like I looked beautiful. I felt confident, I felt strong. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot like me in a lot yeah. of different capacities and that's really scary and like unnerving and not recognizing who, like you make these decisions about yourself and then now you're a different person. And uh, one thing that was told to me is that, you know, gender identity is, like, it's a continual journey. Yeah. Like, sexual orientation almost is, too, and, like, understanding what that means for you, and so this long rant at the beginning is just to say that, like, uh, by gender is still, like, what I'm comfortable with, um, but I did have a really, a lot of moments as a woman this last week that it was kind of eye-opening for me and Mm -hmm. really affirming in certain ways, but also kind of scary in a lot of other ways. Yeah. And some person said to me, also, that Isn't it exciting to go through the journey? And to that person who I know who they are, I actually have to say that I don't actually think it's exciting. It's actually terrifying. Yeah. Because you think that you're this thing and then you might not be. Yeah. And and that can shake your core.
0: There's also the feeling of like, and I'm realizing this so late. So am I like behind the curve? Because like, I felt those feelings before too. And... It's been, it's like, so wait, what if I, like, really come to, like, all of my full realizations when I'm, like, much, much older? And by that point, I can't really get out the years of, like, enjoyment and living authentically as I could have all because I had, like, other people's societal expectations kind of weighing in on me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it almost, like, makes me cry a little bit about not, because that is, that is actually very, um accurate mm-hmm. to how I'm feeling, like still struggle at 35 years old, which I am today, um, at the time of fil- filming this, um, from when we're famous later and people are listening mm-hmm. to this. I, <laughs> I don't, I, it sucks to not like be in my mid, literally mid thirties to still be struggling this much with mm-hmm. the idea of gender. And I used to perform in drag like last year, like, you know, like 20 days out of a month and I'd be in you know presenting femme quite frequently and never had these thoughts and then suddenly out of nowhere I'm just like feeling more femme than I do Mm -hmm. mask in a lot of different capacities and I was like shit like what does this mean for myself Mm -hmm. and I don't really know and I don't I really don't think it's like the full jump into the trans universe but like I think I need to be maybe more courteous to the bi-gender side of myself and give that femme side of me maybe more. I like get that. More, more, like, health, more recognition,
0: I guess. Yeah. Outside
1: of just performance. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, God. Just unpacking things on this podcast with Donna. (laughs) I
0: think that's important, though. I think it's important to voice that, you know, especially when you feel that euphoria. These are all like feelings that I I feel like a lot of drag entertainers can relate to and just queer people in general can relate to, you know.
1: Well, and I remember back in Grand Junction, like when you would like present, like, you know, your blonde bombshells and things like that, Mm -hmm. and then the way that men
0: would respond to you i had my legs out and they weren't completely covered that was always a big i knew that i knew the guys were gonna respond well to that yeah well
1: and and the thing is like how people respond to you how you present is also like can be euphoric or like kind of confusing at the same time too like having i've been you know it's just exploring that identity and what that looks like for me and then i did do a very soft look as I've gotten in yeah. a stand-up comedy and I got, of course, a lot of praise on it and that shakes me to my core. Mm-hmm. Um, some trans women in the community were like, they're like, oh my God, this beat, like this is mm-hmm. so soft and like like artistic, like it's just really you and it's because I was trying to paint like Shaniqua Vault yeah. who is a trans woman of color and like, like she's always gorgeous, and like mm-hmm. I was trying to paint like her. So people were like, "Oh wow, you're also gorgeous now." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, this identity." <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: long tangent, but Donna, what are, what are you wearing this evening?
0: I am wearing a tiger print blazer with shoulder pads, <laughs> a black camisole, and some matching tiger print leggings.
1: It's very Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm dressed as the tiger that uh, attacked Joe Exotic when he was in the cage with it, paying homage to that tiger specifically. I love that in a very '80s Gem of the Holograms fashion.
1: Oh gosh, I love that.
0: (laughs) How about you? Um, well,
1: I'm wearing a blazer with shoulder pads, um, <laughs> a purple blazer oh, with shoulder okay. pads. Um, Matching and a, again. Yeah, a little matchy. And then like I'm also wearing a uh, black pencil skirt a mm-hmm. little bit because I really love it when my fupa tries to pop off the button while we're sitting in these podcast chairs. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I love then it. I just have my hair in a messy bun, but not like a white woman messy bun. Mine has dreads.
0: Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Loves it. I can't wait till that
1: person comes behind um, when we're famous and they're just like literally making artwork of all of these outfits that we are actually wearing. Yes, (laughs) totally. I have such
0: a large, extensive, unlimited, really, drag closet (laughs) of options because don't you know that's how us drag entertainers work? We can just materialize a look. In all seriousness, though, um, I am getting a headpiece made and ready for the uh, Sober Social event that's at Queen's Head on the 31st. Yeah,
1: on the 31st um, of this month, uh, at the time of filming this in 2022, um, we are doing a Sober Social where we are inviting you, our fans. The listener. The listener. (laughs) (laughs) The listener. Um, I feel like we had a night... uh, we were gonna call our fans something but and we said it like in like the second month we did this and i can't remember the name that we were gonna call yeah we had a name for them but i don't remember what it is but uh yeah you can come meet us and like talk to us about like our thoughts and our views like we've actually had a lot of positive fan response recently and people have been asking us questions in person and People I didn't even know listen to the podcast, and they'll talk about that's it with cool. us, which is so cool. And so, if you want to come and meet us, uh, we will be at the Queen's Head um, on March thirty first, um, sometime after yeah. like six thirty p.m.
0: I actually I've been looking at analytics, and I want to give a big shout out to our international listeners because that's something cool that I never really saw us like having a a huge reach for was having an international audience. So um, it's cool to know that although about 90% of our audience is based in the U S about the other 10% is made up of international listeners. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks
1: you for, you know, tuning in and then like, I also know that this part of the podcast is never, like, the funnest part. And I skip through this when people are, like, congratulating their fans. But for (laughs) the people that that appreciate this, thank you for listening because this means a lot to us. And it's another way for us to be creative Mm -hmm. in a way that makes us feel really full in our journey. And it's also, like, kind of a diary for about everything that we've kind of done since Mm -hmm. we've lived here and stuff that we did when we lived in Grand Junction. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening, listeners. We love you.
0: Thank you for your continued... Dedication. And support. And support. Yeah.
1: Um, we are gonna actually in some news right now. Um, we are actually gonna be starting um a Patreon yeah for this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, so be on the lookout for that. All the information will be at a gem of a secret podcast.com. Mm-hmm. And we're also gonna be starting a TikTok as well. So be on the lookout on our website for that. And we're gonna be talking about all of that at the sober social. Um, on the 31st? Yes. And we'll be able to give you, like, links and all the other good stuff that we need to all of that good stuff.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Cool. So, today's episode, we're talking about Donna is finally
0: 30. I'm 30. <laughs> I turned 30. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, another decade older another year around the sun or however that saying goes
1: (laughs) so donna had the things that technically i kind of wanted when i was 30 well actually i had one other step when i was 30 i wanted to be married job house that's what i wanted and donna has um turning 30 had boyfriend house has a job and is in school currently too. i
0: am in school yes so that's been fun
1: yeah, so she had the trifecta of things about, you know, this journey. And then also, of course, a year sober, which we talked about. Yeah. So all of that was really, is really cool. So how does it feel? Like, does it feel, like, let's talk about, actually, let's talk about um, the beforehand times a little bit to start this off. And then the second part of the episode, we'll get a little bit more into it. Yeah. Um, how does it feel not being in your 20s anymore? That's the phrase.
0: Nice. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I am I can talk about my experiences more freely. I don't know why. I guess it's just because um, now my 20s are officially a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. So... I can kind of talk about more of what I've learned. And I think I'll continue to unpack that through at least my first five years of my 30s. <laughs> what what my 20s meant to me and what I learned from my 20s. Um, yeah, I think I'm constantly kind of like having realizations as I get older. So
1: Yeah, well, and actually that's how I felt too. Like when I hit 30, well, 31, mm-hmm. cause I, like my divorce like was close to 30 31 so yeah. the thing is um i also felt that way too like my 20s were over and i felt like i could talk about the experiences that i had like being a hoe my drinking experiences my professional career all of those things i felt like i could talk about more freely without yeah. feeling the judgment or guilt yeah that comes from when you're in your 20s and the thing is um my phrase my favorite phrase which people in their 30s and older hate when i say this but my favorite phrase is to say Well, when you're in your 20s, like, uh, it was, uh, in your 20s, it's like, it's a mistake or Mm -hmm. it's an accident In your thirties, it's a choice Yeah. or it's a decision. Yeah. And people are like, that's not fair. Like, blah, blah, blah. We're still learning and growing. I was like, yeah, but you kind of,
0: it kind of is fair though, because (laughs) your brain is at this point fully developed, especially Mm -hmm. for men. I think there's more evidence they've, they've come up with that men's brains don't completely develop until their later twenties. But at this point you know, like, you're able to, like, fully process, I think, a lot of your mistakes of your 20s and maybe, um, like, heart learning moments. You don't have to say mistakes, but definitely learning moments in yeah. your um, 20s.
1: Yeah, because uh, honestly, like, the fact is, like, in your 30s, they are decisions, like, that you make. Like, yeah. even if they're learning moments or true accidents or mistakes or whatever word you want to put on it, like, in your 30s, like, I felt like a lot of it was, like, I knew if I like just a simple one. I knew if I drank too much like cuz my body's getting older mm-hmm. and I had a hangover that was my fault. Like yeah. you know like that like that was a decision I made and those are my consequences.
0: Yeah.
1: And yes, you know that in your 20s, of course, yeah. but like in your 30s it's like it's truly a decision.
0: The, yeah, there's I think there's um you're it's less forgiving. I think even even not even just so of yourself, but also um, the the people of, around you are less forgiving, especially if there's if you're still repeating some of the same patterns from your 20s into your 30s.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting, too, is I used to say this, like and even though I didn't really drink when I was in college in my early college years. Yeah, I, I used to say, like, I could like drink a keg by myself and, like, go on an adventure and still make it to class by 8 Uh a.m., which is true. Like, I could do, like, I could be up to, like, 4 in the morning and still make it to class by 8 a.m. and still be, like, functional enough, even though people say, like, no, with that little sleep you won't be, but, like, I could still, like, make it through a day. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot make it through a day without decent sleep in some capacity. Same. Like, I'm just like, oh... I'm a zombie.
0: That's kind of been, like, an ongoing thing for me, though. I, I don't know. I just... I need to have appropriate sleep. Um, or else I'm just kind of, like, dead to the world. Yeah, tea. <laughs> and then, of course... I mean, we've already talked about it on here, but all of the, like, physical de- deterioration that comes with your 30s, I think you learn to appreciate your body more and... I'm trying to look at ways to get myself more fit and get myself outdoors more because I know that my health is more of a priority. You know, take a fiber supplement, take your vitamins.
1: God, I know. I like I feel like I take so many pills in a day yeah and like it it really is like it's like a fiber supplement like a a Mm one-a-day men's like i like i live with gout which i think i've probably mentioned on this podcast before and like so i take a daily pill for that Mm -hmm. and um just stuff like stuff like that i mean yeah and it's actually you know before before we go to break actually i um there's something i want to kind of talk about too like i actually um I actually take Cialis every once in a while now Mm. um, for sexual activity Mm -hmm. because like as soon as I hit like 32 like it just like was kind of more difficult to be more ready for sex and whatever and I thought something was wrong with me but it's actually really common for men to have like ED and like in their early 30s like it does kind of like come out of nowhere and even though like not all the time do I need it like in any capacity but like It's also nice to have the breathing room to take, like, Cialis. And Cialis is, like, Viagra for our listeners out there. Um, Like, just less harsh than Viagra. Um, And, like, it's just nice to not have to worry about it. Yeah. Like, to have a pleasurable experience with your partner.
0: Yeah. That's not anything you should feel shame for either. You know, it's just part of something that comes with getting older, you know?
1: Yeah, it does. And I, I never actually realized this, but, like back in my ho days Mm -hmm. um uh, i have reached out to some of those men after i turned in my 30s and i actually said do you did you take like viagra Cialis?" and like 99 of them were like oh yeah like yeah i i took it like you know 30 minutes before you arrived or something like that and i was like oh i had no idea yeah and and i really wish that we would talk about it more and like kind of kill that stigma
0: yeah it's important that's important. Um, but before we get
1: too far into my ED problems, um, <laughs> how, how are you doing this evening?
0: I will let you know after this brief break. It's a podcast Check it out. with Coco, Coco and Donna a Podcast. Tune into What They Tell You Podcast Check it out. with Coco and Donna a Podcast. Check it out. Coco, I am feeling like I'm aging gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> I in the, in the first half of the episode we sound so old. We're talking about ED. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. talking about like the physical wear and tear of being in your 30s now. Um and we talked a little bit about wisdom. But what are some of the I guess biggest takeaways you've gotten from your first 5 years in your 30s? So um... what, is, what is some advice for me?
1: So um, you should really find a primary care physician. Yeah. Um, that's that's the biggest thing. I feel like that's actually really helpful, having a primary care physician, mm-hmm. because like, I had the same doctor for a lot of years in Grand Junction, and it was actually really hard leaving that doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was this short, um, very healthy-looking uh, blonde woman um, who I talked to about a bunch of different things, and I felt so confident and so comfortable with her. But actually, my doctor now, who's also a woman um and actually the, my previous doctor was actually a physician's assistant my doctor now my primary care physician is actually a woman and uh she never makes me feel rushed mm-hmm. um when i because like when i go in for my annual checkup like i give a laundry list of how my body is falling apart mm-hmm. and um like and she doesn't judge me on anything i say and like and like she's very queer friendly and like that's really helpful for me like because like there have been things that like I will be like wow that is a lot different than it was yesterday and I am not a hypochondriac but I pay attention I know that like a lot of this stuff starts in your 30s and people just don't talk about it and like and then suddenly it's like oh yeah this came up in my 40s I was like no it started when you were 37 actually and so I just really want to make sure that I stay healthy and I'm on this planet for as long as humanly possible Um, so my biggest advice is definitely have a primary care physician and have Um, A good relationship with that person To where you can talk with them about things Um, The secondary thing that I would say About being in my 30s is Recognizing where my independence Comes from and then deciding if I want to have children Or not Mm. Because technically women have to decide In their 30s to like 45 if they want to have children Right Um, And so I I also started thinking about that as well When I hit 30 like Mm. My mom had me when she was 38 or 39. 37, 38, or 39, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And I have an older mom because of that. Like, um, I always had the oldest mom in the, like, Playground group, elementary school, middle school, whatever. I was the oldest mom mm-hmm. because she had kids later in life because she wanted to wait to have kids. Yeah. But that means that you don't get as much time with your parents because they're just so much older. Yeah. And so, um, which obviously I'm right on that track. I'm 35. Yeah. Uh, my mom had already had her first kid at 32. And so like just that stuff kind of matters to me. I started actually thinking about adopting an older child, mm-hmm. uh, me and Adam, um, don't know what that picture looks like yet but um we're going to be thinking about kids over the next 2 years yeah and adoption in that capacity so but i will say right at 30 um i finally told myself you have to decide a direction and just live in that direction for just a little while and then work really hard at that because cuz i knew i had a goal for myself actually I might hit it actually. Um, I wanted to be making over 100k a year by the time I was 35, mm-hmm. and I don't make that now, but I might be close. So that is something to consider. Like I, I had that goal for myself.
0: I think I just realized a goal for myself that I have now that I've hit 30, and that's to be done with my schooling entirely by 35.
1: Yeah, I I. I, I think I talked about it on this podcast before, but mm-hmm. I had no desire. I, like, a lot of people in my family have PhDs. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at the family reunion, and, like, one of the PhD people were like, you should keep going, because I had just finished my master's, like, six months prior. And mm-hmm. I was just like... I have no desire yeah. to be in school anymore. Yeah. I was... Like, I past so
0: 35 or, like, into your 40s or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, well, like, because yeah. I...
1: Well, because this was actually right after I graduated from my undergrad. I, yeah. I had a year and a half off yeah. before I decided I want to get my master's. So that was two more years getting my master's. And I did a straight-through program, so two years, mm-hmm. no breaks, and after that is when the family reunion was, like right after I graduated. And yeah. I'm like, You're gonna get your PhD, right? And I was like, I don't wanna be in school until I'm thirty. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Like my like, master's is
0: good, thank you. I was like, I'm yeah, she's
1: gonna be real good right here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's but that's also to say it's never too late to continue your education. Yeah. People do it all the time. You know. You my mom can got it.
1: her bachelor's degree in her sixties. Yeah.
0: yeah. See? that you can always continue your education at any point in your life. And I think that's a good thing to do. I think you should always continue learning in some capacity, whether it's through, like, a a craft or, like, some sort of new hobby. Um, if you're taking classes for something, then that's mm-hmm. a good way to, like, take on some new knowledge. But I think that's one thing I want to be, like, a constant in my life is that I'm constantly learning and picking up new things.
1: Yeah. I, I wanted... I said this, too, to our old roommate that I I wanted to make sure to travel more. And I feel like I have like that tour that we just went on was like actually really freeing for me. I'd never been to West Hollywood. I've always Mm. wanted to because, you know, it's all in all the gay stuff. Yeah. And and I wanted to see it. And we spent time in San Francisco and Long Beach and whatever. And it was kind of cool. And um, I've traveled around the country a lot in certain capacities. And that was great. But. That's what I want. I want I want to see the world. I want to see yeah. different things.
0: Yeah. And this is a good time to decide like what some of those bucket list things are, you know, what are some of those goals and places you want to go to? What what it,
1: what are some items from your bucket list just in general? Mm.
0: um definitely finishing school, you know, like right. that's on there. Um I would like to be involved in something that like makes it to film whether it's like writing or producing or mm. or like having a song or something published I want to write something that is eventually like out there I don't know what it may be but I've had like my hands in like little projects when it comes to songwriting or like script writing, but I never has really come to fruition. So maybe that's like an endeavor I take on myself. Um, I would like to go to more national parks. Hmm. I, I would like to try and visit like all the national parks, but that's, you know, that's, it's kind of hard to do um i don't know yeah i have there's a lot of different things i want to do i guess but i'm trying to like process and think of all of those things right now in this moment and it's hard (laughs) it's not coming to me
1: i um i want to write a fantasy novel Mm. um i'd like to just be published in some capacity i think i might be from something i did in college but i'm not sure yeah um so i want to yeah write a fantasy novel um i would love to be famous in the realm of i would love to write a song Mm -hmm. or be in a group that like gets some sort of notoriety or whatever and be a traveling musician for a little while i think that sounds fun um i would love to visit germany for a week Mm. Um, that's on my bucket list is visit germany for a week um i would love to take my husband to japan um that's on my bucket list uh I would love to visit the Eiffel Tower, uh-huh. um, that's on my bucket list. Uh, I would love, on my bucket list, it's so specific, I would love uh, my husband's middle name, um, I'll just, just say it's Jay, but um, for the sake of security and safety on the podcast, but so my husband's name is Adam Williams, and so I want to have a kid named Adam J. Williams II. <laughs> Cause I love the name Adam with two D's Mm -hmm. and he hates that, but he says he's fine with it. But I think it's so, I want an Adam J. Williams the second so bad in my life. (laughs) Um, Like I just, I don't know. I, my husband is a really kind person and Mm -hmm. I just really want that. That's so that's part of my bucket list. And one of the other things that's part of my bucket list is I want to make a three layer cake. Mm.
0: (laughs) Nice. Something that's
1: actually really simple to do. Just never done it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I would like to learn Spanish. I would like to to learn another language and speak it fluently.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And I'm actually, I'm doing that so far. You know, woo-woo, 15-day streak on Duolingo so far. Did you say 15? I can't stand you. Yep, 15 whole days. Um, You know, they're saying now that it takes a couple of months at least for a habit to really stick. So Mm -hmm. I am really, uh, I'm, I'm attempting to really stick with this and yeah I don't know I it's like it goes along with what I was saying earlier about constantly wanting to learn things um I felt particularly ignorant because I'm in like most Americans you know only have English in my language repertoire and have taken other courses like throughout the years but never really like dove in deeper into that like as far as like fluency goes so that's something that I want I I would like to Learn another language, and I also think that it would bring me closer with my boyfriend to learn Spanish. Um,
1: he knows Spanish,
0: yeah. He's from Mexico.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he um, got his citizenship just this last year.
1: Wow, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I wanna I wanna learn Japanese fluently. I've been practicing it my entire life, and like I would love to learn it fluently. I wanna just be able to watch anime without the subtitles. And I know like a yeah. lot of people say that, and they think that that's silly, but like I love anime, and I love I would love to listen to it in native tongue. And, yeah, because like I feel like the enunciation, like the pronunciations and the enunciation is so much better in the original.
0: And English dubs suck. English dubs are not that great. Yeah, I. Prefer just watching in Japanese and looking at the subtitles. Yeah, T. Honestly, yep. um, <laughs> we're like we're like watch anime with us. Um, <laughs> it's if- a recent thing for me, but I I'm starting to love it. You know, I I I had already known a lot of the staples, but I'm getting more into it. So,
1: what what animes are you watching, Donna?
0: Tokyo Ghoul. Oh, That's a good one. And also, I just watched the first season of Demon Slayer and the movie. Oh, and it's so good I love it's it. so good I
1: love it. um you should definitely get into seven deadly sins if you haven't already i have okay yeah it's so good yeah uh.
0: i like seven deadly sins i think i only ever watched like the first season of it but i need to watch more oh god i super love that series yeah um so as we talk about our
1: 30s and getting older and our bodies falling apart and everybody in their 40s this wanting to kill us um, for our um, they're like, y'all need to recognize. Um, I, I have to say though, like one thing. So Donna had her birthday party recently on Sunday, yeah, which was her birthday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we invited people over um, to just like kind of talk and like chill and like hang out. And like it was really it was like really good vibes. And then also it was a sober party. Mm-hmm. and it's just like i i wanted to do the small psa that i think that like if you have a sober friend like you should really like go into that realm with them and have a sober party and not like like even if your sober friend's like oh i'm fine if everybody like, has like you know glass or whatever mm-hmm. or you can drink at my party like i think it's like really important to like try to also do like sober people hate dealing with drunk folks like that's just like a staple like so having a sober party like was kind of like really cool in that capacity it's because like nobody had to deal with drunk idiots yeah which was kind of nice yeah so i think that like if you have a sober friend and you want to throw them a party make it a sober party and just tell people that people are usually fine with that
0: yeah and i for me it's also about as far as birthdays go and not partaking i i want to like do an activity that i haven't done before and so the first half of my day outside of just having people over and having the fire and playing games here was like something that i've been talking about doing ever since i moved here and i went rock hounding on the coast in uh oceanside oregon and so that was like i feel a good way to bring in my 30s because it was by getting into a new interest that i really have like love but um anyone who knows me knows i love rocks and gemstones and crystals and all that stuff so it's um it was just nice to to like dig deeper into my interests and start off my 30s by doing mm-hmm. a new hobby do you have any
1: regrets of things that you wish you would have tried in your 20s
0: mm, i tried a lot in my <laughs> 20s i did a lot of things in my 20s um not as far as like any vices go or anything like that, um more creative hobbies, I think I should have I should have focused more on developing skills in certain areas, right, but um not as far as like any kind of like fun things um, quote unquote fun things, yeah, I don't know.
1: I wish I would have learned to sew sooner. Mm, yeah. Um I think I learned to sew when I was in my 30s. Um Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in my 30s cuz my yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And I wish I would have learned to sew faster. Like I've always wanted to learn and I wish I would have learned that faster too. Yeah. Um that was one of the regrets I had.
0: Yeah, having more time to hone in skills like that would would be good. I think I was so in my 20s I was so distracted with self-doubt that it's like i know i talked a lot about doing things i that's what i want my 30s to be i want my 30s to be my action years instead of talking about creative things i want to do i just want to do it and um that starts with things like the headpiece that i'm making for the show and i talked a little bit about a little bit about it at my party but i have like latex and all of the cutting and bonding tools for latex fetish wear to like start making it and just have never dove into it yet. So that's another thing forgotten relic of my twenties. I want to take out and like develop as a skill in my thirties. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think like also just getting wiser and getting older too, is just like kind of a process of like recognizing that there's so much that'll be thrown at you. Yeah. Like I have also recognized that like, I don't pick up certain things as fast like an old person. Honestly, mm. like, like Zoomers are just constantly coming up with new things and new trends like so fast and so quickly because of the internet, because of TikTok, because of things like that.
0: You mean like technology? When you made fun of me not knowing how to Facetime last night?
1: Oh God, I don't even know how to Facetime, <laughs> and I was like, "What is this?" Like, I just remember, I just remember because I was friends with a bunch of hippies, like, yeah. like tech hippies, and like, uh, they had Cash App before Cash App was ever a bang <laughs> and i remember they were just like well let's just cash app her and i was like what is cash app? <laughs> and i do mean that this was like probably nine years ago now yeah like this, was all, this was like when cash app was fresh and you had to First it was start. invite only yeah and like i was like what the hell is this thing and i was like how does this even work they're like well, let's tidy your bank account like what's wrong with it i was like i've never <laughs> had these kind of things before and so like that's why it's so funny like i have accounts like on all these like new age technology things uh-huh. that i just like i'll sign up for and then just like kind of let it
0: sit yeah of course i didn't get into bitcoin that was stupid but like everything else i have a little bit of bitcoins and Dogecoins.
1: i don't have those things I don't, know
0: I, d- I don't know how to mine them i know that it takes a lot of energy to mine them and stuff but yeah i don't know i work with a zoomer that kind of knows about that stuff and i just ask him if i have questions
1: yeah i i'm just right at the age of where i'm just like what the hell he's
0: a crypto bro
1: i don't even know what that phrase is (laughs) (laughs) i don't i really don't um and one thing that i recognize too is like as we grow and as we age is that uh certain things like oh did you hear that statistic that people are more into like older music now than they are to new music because the new music is just so much fluff yeah. So people are like listening to older stuff because it's like real.
0: I mean, I think that makes sense. Or we're just getting fucking old. I don't know.
1: Well, and yeah, I don't know. Well, because like the thing about it is for new music, it's like when you think about it as a Zoomer, like if you're hearing a song you like on TikTok, like even I, like if I hear a song I like on TikTok, I don't mm-hmm. always go to YouTube to like listen to the full song mm. like not always yeah. honestly i and like sometimes like i'll like go buy it or whatever but like most of the time i'm just like oh i love this 30 second yeah or this like three minute song
0: yeah i'll usually go to like apple music or spotify and listen to it and then download it just so i have it to listen to for later well
1: what's so weird about it too like when you think about like cardi b's up that song is like two minutes and 15 seconds mm-hmm. like rumors by Lizzo is like two minutes and like 30 seconds yeah like tempo was like two minutes and like short songs 50 like these are short songs mm-hmm. like and a lot of them could have been longer that's yeah. what's kind of crazy about it when you're just like listening to like like that booty song by Megan The Stallion is mm-hmm. just like two minutes and so, like it's like wow okay yeah like Lady Gaga is like the only one who's like putting stuff out there that's like hitting the three minute mark for real <laughs> for real Oh, my goodness.
0: I think that makes sense, though. I don't know. I I feel a certain, like, love and nostalgia for older music. Um, I do, too.
1: I went to a 90s dance, a 90s, early 2000s dance party. Yeah. And I actually was getting my best life because they played played something by Destiny's Child that I was way too young to be in a club for Uh at the time. And, like, I got to just dance with my husband to this, like, booty-shaking song that was just, like so great and yeah like, i was
0: just getting my fantasy and i was like
1: yay i'm old enough now oh
0: i want to do more silent discos there's a the bucket list thing i want to do some like silent discos or dance some more you know
1: i went so we threw a silent disco at local yeah actually and it was, i remember
0: you it was so funny because i was actually fighting
1: it. with adam at the time so oh. like i like being in like this patio space with my headphones on just dancing alone uh-huh was just like kind of like rhythmic it was kind of cool i would love to do another silent disco Mm -hmm. they are such a
0: cool party idea i want to roller skate more too (laughs) here i
1: am just just bucket list this is crap
0: (laughs) i'm just thinking of these things as i go on 30s roller skating you know seems like the type of crisis to go together
1: do you still like um are you still like super energized about politics? Because you don't really talk about it as much as you used to.
0: Um. Yeah, I do. And then I realize that I like annoy people when I talk about them. So sometimes I think I'm I'm better now at regulating like when to bring it up and when not to bring it up. Hmm. I don't know because I feel like I can really <laughs> I feel like I can really like suck the air out of the, out of the room when I talk about <laughs> politics. With people. Suck the air out of
1: the room, just like oh yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. I, I... How are your political beliefs uh, vibing with the guy you're dating? I,
0: I mean I think I'm obviously um, a bit more left than a lot of the people that I talk to and associate with. Um, but I'm also I'm also in the pers- in, in like the uh, progress of learning a lot about the philosophies and politics that I align with. I think Mm -hmm. that's been kind of a continual process for me is I have dove in a little bit deeper into leftist philosophy like Marxism and uh, Leninism and it's something that I find very intriguing. I definitely try to like take everything I learn in with an open mind and not directly go into like yes I believe this and I'm like you know hardcore. I try to I try to view it from a very um, materialistic standpoint and um, try to, like, kind of take it in as I learn things. But it's not anything that's been a problem, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think I sometimes I find myself when I talk about it, I'm the only person talking about it <laughs> because yeah. I, I I just kind of get in these holes where I learn, like, a lot of terminology about marxist theory and and stuff like that but it hasn't been an issue for me with anyone really there's definitely people when i've like opened up about some of my views um they're like "Ah, oh, well that's that's one perspective
1: well and the thing is i'm not galvanized like i was when yeah. trump was in office and i'm actually appreciative of that like i still care about politics but I don't violently care about politics in the same way that I used to, and like, oh, and that's actually really healthy for me. Yeah, because um, like I think I talked about this in the podcast. I'm one of the people that did check Trump, Trump's Twitter every day. Mm-hmm. I needed to know what was going on in my country from this man who would literally do policies through a social media app. Yeah, and like, it's actually just been nice to not feel scared in that way, like from reading 32 characters and like recognizing like that was so like i feel like i care this is what i feel i feel like i care about politics correctly now when before it was out of a fear huge fear yeah um an unhealthy fear that was a toxic relationship that i'm glad that it's over
0: yeah i get that i get that for sure for me i think it's been a lot of deprogramming It's been a lot of, because I think, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast before, like the pipeline from being conservative to liberal to a leftist or, you mm-hmm. know, all of that. Um, it, for me, like, especially in the last year, it's been a lot of like breaking down ideas and like understanding who I am as a person and like what things I inherently believe in. Like I, I know um, for a fact, I'm not a patriotic person and I can't get behind patriotism because because, for me, it's like there's so many awful things that this country is built built on that it's hard for me to be um, patriotic towards that. And just the exploitation that still exists today in our system, it's really hard for me to be patriotic for a country that seeks to um, really beat down um, anyone who's not part of the one percent or ruling class I. I feel
1: patriotic and and I feel patriotic from a a challenging standpoint, like almost like a job interview where they're like, do you challenge the status quo? I feel like part of being an American is challenging the status quo and like hoping for better. Like if this country was really founded on like a future of wanting to be better, even though they did it completely wrong, Mm -hmm. completely wrong. um, I think that that is what makes me a patriot, even though like or makes me patriotic even though people probably say that like that's not like i like i don't love my country i love the idea of what my country could be and i feel like that that's what makes me patriotic is and an activist too i feel Mm -hmm. like being an activist is probably the most patriotic thing that someone can do and i know when i say that people are like no that's backwards and i'm like it's not necessarily backwards i was like i feel like change happens in this country from activists usually Mm -hmm. Um, doing something like loud and something aggressive and being in your face and changing it for the better and then like allowing those laws and laws regulations and boundaries to come into play now i think that this country has so many things wrong with it a laundry list like miles long about how we can be better and more inclusive and like i remember watching a tiktok recently that said uh tell me your how, uh, tell me you're from America without telling me you're from America. And, like, people from all over the country, like, from all over the world were being like, y'all's healthcare system is a mess! Like, yeah. what is wrong with you?
0: And, like... But you don't mean patriotic in, like, the traditional sense. No. You don't mean, like, hang up an American flag on our porch mm-hmm. in that type of sense. No. Because I feel like, in a lot of ways, and unfortunately, it happened a lot because of the past administration, um... Even hanging up an American flag is like a symbol of of nationalism and like a symbol yeah. of supporting U.S. Imperial, imperialism in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't mean patriotism in the traditional sense. I yeah. Mean patriotism and um, like an active role, like I'll just use MLK, for instance, like an active role of working to change this country for the better because you love what your country could be. yeah
0: like the potential
1: but, the potential i feel like that's that's where my patriotism comes from along those same kind of mindsets but not the traditional like supporting everything that exists today not in a conservative mindset but like supporting how the country is and loving my country regardless of the mistakes it makes like my country is not my child like mm-hmm. i'm not going to love it for all the mistakes that it makes like that's not how this works for me that's not and, and people and i do know that people believe that's what patriotism is yeah and that's more of a traditional definition of patriotism but i don't believe in that at all yeah (laughs) not even a little
0: yeah i don't either because that harms people yeah i it's i mean it's hard for me to like when the holiday comes around to like you know the fourth of july is something that i have a big issue with um and it's i don't know i i think because there's so much that i would change um based off of everything that I know now about this country and the way that we've treated people. Um, And as I'm becoming more conscious about class, I think class consciousness is like a really big factor in kind of why I don't support a lot of the things that I used to support and just kind of blindly follow. And it wasn't necessarily even like support. It was just like I didn't have the context to really understand that there's such a screwed up history behind a lot of the traditions that we just kept going. And. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, like even the one that's super controversial about like, even like, even with Planned Parenthood, it's roots, um, with eugenics and everything like that, with whatever that woman's name. And Mm -hmm. even though that's not what Planned Parenthood is today anymore, but like the roots of this country, some of them are still here today that are negative and some have changed for the positive, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Like how people make that phrase, like this country was founded on the backs of slaves. Like, and yeah, like, or like how Michelle Obama said, I live in a house that was built by slaves. Mm -hmm. And then people tried to come out there, like, well, you know, some of them were just, they were paid slaves. (laughs) And it's like, still slaves. Um, Yeah. And, or indentured servants. But still, like, it, this country was founded on really nasty horrible ideals
0: that some have changed some haven't and it's really hard to get behind that i mean like and it's it's okay to change your mind and deconstruct some of these things you don't have to defend these awful things by the way yeah like you don't have to just out of blind patriotism and also understanding that a lot of the stuff that we were taught we have to like deprogram ourselves from because it was it it's propaganda You know, like understanding that we are fed just as much propaganda as those people in socialist and communist countries, as like a lot of people on the right like to say, Mm -hmm. like we are getting fed the same sort of like nationalist propaganda. Um, And in many in many ways, it's a lot worse, you know, because we are exploiting people in the process. So it's like it's okay to deconstruct these beliefs that have always been around. And you don't have to believe something just because that's the way that it's always been taught to you. You can re-examine things.
1: Well, and yeah, that's why I think that even, because this keeps becoming a thing, like critical race theory, not like people fighting against critical race theory. Critical race theory helps like uh, deconstruct racism Mm -hmm. and like in a way that's like beneficial for literally everyone. Mm -hmm. And like it helps dismantle like the patriarchy patriarchy it helps dismantle racism as a whole like mm-hmm. it's just like critical race theory just also includes accomplishments of black individuals from history mm-hmm. that would have been super beneficial for black kids yeah because obviously history is written by the winners and like and that's what's super disappointing because now you don't have heritage and culture and history are important if it's taught openly and honestly like I like one of the things we've always said on this podcast I didn't know about Japanese internment camps yeah until middle school like maybe yeah. I think it was like fifth grade or middle school something like that like Well
0: we learned about the Holocaust first and then we learned about what how the, the awful things the US did. did shortly after and it it was usually we spent a lot less time on that part but Yeah
1: I like learning about World War 2 and like I I <laughs> learning about World War One and World War Two did come very differently for me in elementary yeah. school to middle school. And that was really disgusting, and that was hard. And, like, also one thing that, I like, just as a side note about critical race theory, is that racism, actually, black racism does exist in more areas of the world than just United mm-hmm. States. Um, like, the stuff about in Ukraine, how yeah. black refugees couldn't get out because they said no. Like, even, like, even natives couldn't just get out. Like, mm-hmm. they were trapped there, and that was disgusting. Um, critical race theory also teaches that mm-hmm. that racism is not just a United States problem Yeah, and that's what would be super beneficial for kids to understand like when they want to go visit a country or to recognize and how they want to experience the world. But it also empowers us with leaders who've made a difference. And here's more sides of the story than just what MLK did. I didn't even learn about Malcolm X Mm -hmm. in elementary school. I learned about MLK because he's more palatable, right? So, like, that was gross. And it just shapes who you fucking are as a person. Mm -hmm. And also, like, teaching about classism, too. Like, rich black people (laughs) versus poor black people.
0: Well, and just understanding that this whole narrative of, like, picking yourself off, up, off your bootstraps and there are, like, very few pockets of success stories, you know, that are able to actually make it to the level of prominence and wealth that they make it to, like, that is only going to be a very select few cases of people that make it to that level of wealth. And just understanding that there are inherent problems. For me, it's, like, I guess a good way to kind of end this episode and kind of how my views have changed um, politically and just kind of as I'm viewing my world is I look at things from more of a materialistic perspective rather than an idealistic perspective so instead of being ruled by concepts of like liberty and just these abstract concepts you know that don't really have much material value to them I'm trying to understand our history by looking at the conditions of the time and why things are the way they are. And when it comes down to it, honestly, like, looking at capitalism and why things have happened the way they have and how awful we've exploited and treated people in the name of capitalism, it's just not something I can get behind. Yeah, So absolutely.
1: Well, and you know, as Kim Kardashian said...
0: Get up off your ass and work. It seems like no one wants to to work work these these days. days. That's so true. That's so true. I feel like... no, we are not in the episode. No, that, that is the most, like, classist fucking oh bullshit.
1: <laughs> she was, like, in, like, a $900 outfit with $500 uh. makeup looking at, like, with a $600, like, haircut being like, people just need to work yeah they're like you could everything you're wearing right now could feed a family of four for two months. and there's like <laughs> a bunch of
0: a bunch of shit coming out about how people have gone without pay for different companies and stuff or mm-hmm. are underpaid that work for her. And it's like, of course, it's it's all exploitation. and it's you know the more that we we are aware of this. and like I said, class consciousness, mm-hmm. the more we become aware of these things, the easier it its gonna is gonna be for us to actually challenge these systems and make changes happen
1: yes and then with that on that same exact note is that i do disagree with people attacking her based on misogynistic insults yeah um, obviously and anti-feminist insults like i just that's gross like i get that it's funny haha in that moment but like i'm attacking what she said like but like that Because that's damaging, right? Yeah. But we need to be better about how we treat people when they say something we don't like. Yeah. Attacking them on a personal level just doesn't fit.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm attacking her because she's a bourgeois elite, not because <laughs> she's a bourgeois elite, <laughs> not because she's a successful woman who has mm-hmm. you know in this capitalist system carved out a way for herself. No, I'm I'm attacking her because she's elitist and um, oh, oh I, absolutely. I think we and she needs to shut her mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was not the team, Emma. <laughs> <of, but, mm-mm.
1: laughs> Um, So yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and end our episode there We're so excited to meet you all In a week from today Yes we are,
0: thank you for listening And we will Have another episode for you next week Bye Bye